Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking to Agri's Chris Glover, who is Head of Crop Protection, and Jessica Farrant, who is Commercial Accounts Manager. Today, we're going to look closely at crop protection products, how the products are carefully scrutinized and reviewed before they reach the farmer, and how a constant ongoing assessment of their performance helps agronomists work with growers to deliver sustainable crop production, now and in the future. So, good morning to you both, and how are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, good, thank you. Excellent. So, look, I'm going to start with you, Jess. We've had a chat about the role of crop protection products, but how do you approach selecting crop protection products for your agronomists and, of course, growers? Ultimately, it starts with the need of the grower. So we we look at the grower's armory, what they might need, where there might be gaps. Um, and then there's an element of thinking to the future. So what, what crop protection uh, active ingredients could be at risk, what the um, grower's armory might look like in, you know, up to five or 10 years time. And we almost work backwards. You know, there might be changes in the industry. So we've, we've got things like biologicals becoming more important and less traditional chemistry, which means we have to take a different approach. Right. And uh, Chris, I mean, when Jess says five to 10 years ahead, that sounds like quite a challenge to me. I mean, how do you do that? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I think crop protection businesses such as ours are quite used to um, taking products, you know, two to three years in advance in terms of synthetic chemistry. And certainly in agri, uh, trialing those and generating the data, it, it, you know, in which case the, the registration arrives and we have all that data there ready to uh, go to our growers and show them how to use those products and in which combinations. I think the, the additional challenge um, presented now is, is one is, is just interpreting which of those active ingredients are going to disappear in the future and, and when that might happen, um, but also taking newer offers. Um, some of which are in, in inverted commas green offers and generating that data um, in the same sort of way and looking at how they can be used alongside synthetic chemistry um, to, to good effect. Um, the issue with it is, I think, in, in a lot of cases, the manufacturers themselves haven't developed uh, some of those offers fully. So accessing them in the first place is, is the key thing. Um, and then working with the manufacturer to, to produce the trials information um, to, to check on things like dose rates, compatibility, and so on and so forth, and actually which crops those those products are going to perform in, or, or in, in a lot of cases, which ones uh, don't perform. I think that's equally important to, to recognise, you know, which, which products are the key ones and which ones are, are not uh, generating value for the grower in the, in the future. Yeah, sure. So there's, there's quite a few things there. I mean, just in, uh, in your response, I mean, I've picked out three or four areas which are really, really important. Um, so, so Jess, I mean, if you're talking about AIs potentially disappearing, how much notice? Uh, what's the time frame for getting some uh, some sight on something disappearing out of that portfolio for a grower? It really depends on on why it's been why it's been removed because we've seen it with um, certain active ingredients where we get very little notice and there's very short use up periods and and things like that, um, and some are more more predictable so what we've done as a commercial and technical team is is go through what what we think could be worst case scenario almost and and rank the actives that are 
potentially at risk or um, we think will be fine, just as a bit of an exercise to, to pinpoint where the future might go. You know, we, we might be proven, proven wrong, but we've, we've got to start somewhere and, and forward plan um, for, for the growers. And then in terms of getting uh, your hands on products prior to a manufacturer getting registration, you know, Chris, how, how much how much time do you have to work with these products and see how they, as you said, either perform or maybe don't perform? Well, I think the key thing is by doing the sort of risk assessment of, of where things are, you know, dropping off the, the edge, as it were, um, having the early conversations with manufacturers and the, and the fact manufacturers trust Agri's trials program um, and are you know, fully in tune with that give us, gives us that early um, uh, you know, access to those products. Um, you know, there are a, a number of smaller manufacturers as well that are, that are out there that have these um, potential offers. And although we're not a screening business, um, you know, we, we, we don't just take any, anything and, and look at it. We've got to sort of research them um, from a, a sustainability point of view and from a, a due diligence point of view with that supplier as well. Once we, we get um, some of those offers on the table, we can funnel that down relatively quickly. And I think the other point is uh, not just in traditional statistically analysed trials, but also demo plots to, to give um, farmers and growers an early you know, visibility of what's coming in the programme. Uh, so we can start sort of gearing up to the, uh, you know, the, the launch of some of these products alongside those, uh, those suppliers. Yeah, and I guess that's, uh, that's a pretty big task when you think about the, the acreage that, you know, Agri is looking after, you know, with all of your agronomists and also the, the breadth of the country as well. And also the range of crops from fruits and hops all the way across to potatoes and cereals. Wow, it's, it's a big job in terms of uh, finding these crop protection products, isn't it? So to help you do that within Agri, who are the different people that you work with, the different departments to help scrutinise these products and, uh, and help to sort of develop them also with the manufacturer? Well, I mean, the main department that we would talk to in terms of uh, CP is is the technical team and um, working very closely with them. You know, we, we're almost sort of, I wouldn't say beholden to that, but we, we certainly listen uh, to what the technical um, guys have to say, which products they are selecting technically as providing the right solutions. And then out of that range, we can obviously look at the, what the value is to the grower and negotiate with the manufacturer to, to get those products at a, you know, a price point in the market that represents good value. Um, and obviously there's history to, to what you know, growers are using. Um, and, and I think the key bit with, with um, the technical work is not just about um, you know, what the technical performance of, of that particular product is, but we also have to compare that with the existing standards um, and actually say to, um, you know, for example, the supplier, yes, you've got this product that works, but at the rate that you're using it at, or in the combination it's got to be used with, uh, you know, say another synthetic uh, product, um, the, the, you know, the value proposition is, isn't right for the grower. We've actually got to get that aligned before we go any further. So there's a technical aspect to it, but also ensuring uh, from the grower's perspective or the farmer's perspective, that it is a sustainable uh, spend, effectively, for his for his or her crop. Yeah, Jess, and I can see you nodding in agreement there. Yeah, another thing that's that's really key when we work with um, the technical team is we we do trials over a number of years in you know varying conditions from north to south to 
you know, we've got different climatic conditions. Um, the weather, as we know, plays a massive part. So we gain data on not, not only, you know, does it work in an ideal scenario, but real life practical data so that we can understand how a product's used by the time we, we bring it into the portfolio. Um, essentially, we want, we want to kind of know it inside out before we put it on any of our farms. Yes, and of course, we can't look at crop protection products in isolation, can we? And if we think about what has been talked about a lot at the moment, such as Regen Agriculture, Agri's Green Horizons Initiative, and within that, we have Biosolutions. How do you look at products such as those that fit within that Biosolutions grouping? Yeah, obviously, the, the approach to biosolutions in some crops, such as fruit and veg, and the, the amount of trials we've done over the years lends itself to, to getting those messages across. Um, I think the challenge is going into the, the broad acre crops, the combinables, um, obviously, rape, for example. Um, and um, with, within Green Horizons, one of the challenges we, we laid down for ourselves and our suppliers is to say, you know, we, we buy um, X number of products from you as a supplier, what do you have in the pipeline that we could take from you, even if it's sort of a, a distant sort of petri dish stage development or a lab development, but you know, over that five or 10 year period to try and understand what's coming and actually say, right, in, in the case of um, you know, a particular um, CP product, that's likely to be revoked in the next three to four years, for example. Let's, let's take some of those products, put them into a program and, and be able to generate the data um, to, to actually support those ahead of time, but also use that as a vehicle to demonstrate you can grow crops either with a mix of the, the green products or the bio solutions um, with, with synthetic chemistry, or indeed we are looking at some of the biosolutions programs on their own without any um, synthetic chemistry within there. And I think the point of doing that is, is it gives us the confidence and gives growers and farmers the confidence to use those products when they arrive. Um, and, and there are some examples of that. I mean, we, we're looking at a, a product called Iodus this year, which has been um, used in, um, in winter wheat. Uh, we've, we've had that product for quite some time now in its development stages. We generated lots of data. And actually that product now also has a pesticide recommendation and um, certification for the, the um, OFMG from the organic side of things. So that, you know, that, that's a, a sign of things to come. There are very credible products which can be tested and proven to work and, and are actually you know, showing that in the field. People are going around trials right now um, looking at the results of that um, in terms of you know, um, disease control, uh, et cetera. And, and obviously once those are yielded, um, we'll have another year's worth of data to substantiate that, that, that particular product. Okay, so that's biosolutions. If we just think and, and pick on Regen for a moment, because it is so incredibly topical. Chris, how does crop protection fit within this, this world of talking about Regen agriculture? Um, I, I think there's sort of various interpretations of what Regen agriculture is. And, and in some ways, it's a, a sort of, you know, some people view it as a way of, going back to, to older methods um, and, and reducing the impact on the environment and, and looking at healthy, you know, um, soil um, flora and fauna and, uh, you know, reducing pesticide use, lots of different sort of interpretations of region. I, I suppose the key point is we recognise that part of the market and, and maybe, you know, the whole market is shifting in that sort of direction anyway. 
Um, we have formed a, a group within uh, Agri to, to look at this specific area, and that includes some of our agronomists. Um, and, and, you know, although that sort of regen badge is in some ways in its infancy, I think it's a recognition of this need to reduce the reliance on, on pesticides and crop protection products. And I, I think, you know, what the work we're doing within Green Horizons and looking at some of those new solutions very much plays into the, um, you know, the, the changes there and the interest in, in regen agriculture. So we, we will have, you know, things that we can talk to growers about and help them continue, um, you know, growing their crops um, with, with some of those reduced inputs. Jess, in terms of, you know, your roles here in, in crop protection and finding these products, do you think that um, Agri's reach in terms of acreage and breadth of crops, not just the broad acre crops, as you mentioned, Chris, but those speciality crops. Do you think that helps you have conversations with manufacturers to access some of these these products? Well, without without a, a doubt, as Chris said, you know, we almost, I don't know whether hold them accountable is, is the right term, but when we are buying such a range from, from them and we, we've got so many products within our portfolio to support growers, you know, it gives us the opportunity to go to manufacturers and say what have you got in your pipelines that fits fits the brief for the for the future um so i would say certainly yes and we're also involved in you know so so many different crops and we're thinking about how cropping will change in the future you know we've got more novel crops um as chris says we've got um fruit and veg and we can take learnings from those because you know biologicals and biosolutions aren't aren't a new thing um so yeah we can certainly look at what we've been doing in the past and help create sort of the messages for the future definitely yeah and interesting you mentioned that actually because one of our first uh, podcasts was with agronomists who specialize in fruit and veg and you know some of their uh, approaches are well really really innovative and have been for a long time haven't they uh they've got a lot of uh top tips I'm sure that we can benefit from when we look at some of the uh, the, the broad acre and arable crops in general. Um, we do need to talk about how farmers and growers can get products quickly and efficiently and I know that you guys are deeply proud of your delivery service and the logistics but why actually is that so important to both the agronomists and growers? Chris why is it so critical? I think the first thing to say is when we do um, surveys of, of of growers and farmer customers um, that they always recognize that Agri's service level of delivery is, is the highest in the industry. And why is that important to them? Um, I, I think, you know, that gives them confidence that the product that they need is going to be there in time for, for when they've got to go and do whatever job it is they have that day. Um, so we have a, a wide range of products um, and, and we, you know, we store those um, mainly in Alconbury, Alconbury, but we, you know, distribute out to the other depots. Um, I think the statistic is something like 98% of those deliveries are on time in full. Uh, the majority of them are, are, are next day by, by a long way. Um, and, and I think growers really appreciate that when they've, you know, got a weather window and they need to be filling the sprayer. The fact that the products arrive on time um, and they're not waiting for other, you know, other things to arrive. They can do the job and, and, and almost, well, not quite forget about the delivery side of it and, and take it for granted. And, and obviously they don't do that, but um, it gives them the, the ability to run their business and, and, and get the spraying done at the end of the day. And, you know, the same sort of thing applies to, to other areas of our business, not just CP, of course. 
And those spray days are absolutely critical, aren't they? Uh, Jess, uh, can we put a value on that speed of delivery? With one of the projects that I've been working on um, this this spring, actually, speaking to a grower, their, um, our delivery service meant that he saved, as it were, six spray days that he would have otherwise missed, you know, had, had we not been so efficient. But how do you cope with sudden changes maybe in, in products that are required on a crop or where for example suddenly some um, some micronutrients are required to, to, to go into that tank as well how do you cope with those quick turnarounds i think we spend a lot of time looking at um risk i, I think on behalf of our customers so we, we we spend huge amounts of time planning ahead of the season and modeling different sort of cropping scenarios and, and actually what would happen in different you know, weather conditions and that, that, you know, obviously the weather is a very unpredictable beast. Um, but, um, you know, by maintaining a level of stock and having a regular dialogue with the 250 agronomists that we have on farm, and, you know, even in the specialist areas, um, that, that feedback gives us some advance notice and where we need to be tweaking those plans, bringing product in a bit earlier, um, you know, maybe in some cases, and particularly with things like micros, there's the opportunity with with the toll production arrangements that we have to be able to go direct to suppliers and say, look, there is some, some demand coming. We can look at the, the product flow. Uh, we've got some really good systems in place for us uh, to, to be able to um, sort of contend with that. Yeah, it sounds great to me. Um, so to bring all this together, what top tip would each of you give to either agronomists uh, or farmers in terms of thinking about crop protection now and going forwards? I think the key thing is is to keep looking ahead to the future. And, and there are some big challenges coming for, for agriculture in the UK, and we, we don't need to, to list those out. Um, but really just to keep the faith, there are you know, businesses such as ours who are putting a, a huge amount of effort and investment into developing um, solutions and, and integrated solutions. We've, we've talked about CP today, um, but it doesn't sit in isolation. We're, we're, we're doing that across the whole piece. So looking at varieties, nutrition, um, where, where digital comes into this as well and, and how that reduces the impact on the environment, makes the, the future offers and the existing offers uh, sustainable for them. Um, and, and I think, you know, keep an open mind that there are uh, a lot of products coming along, some of them um, better than others. And, and I think, you know, the, the fact that Agri is doing all this work should give growers confidence. Great. And from you, Jess, so what would be your top tip? I'd agree. I'd say probably don't don't try and resist a change. Change isn't necessarily a, a, a bad thing. Um, and actually here at Agri, we, we are trying to do all the, the legwork behind understanding how products work and ensuring that they do work so that the, the growers can ultimately grow grow crops in a way that's profitable for them. Thank you, Chris and Jess, for a great insight as to how Agri looks at crop protection products, providing these vital tools for sustainable crop production. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.